Section 13 of Fires and Firefighters by John Kenlon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 12 The Hotel Peril. Within the last twenty years, a great change has come over family life, both in Europe and America, and the reign of the hotel seems established. Everywhere, vast caravanserais are springing up and though replete with all the comfort the mind of man can devise, and though advertised as fireproof, their construction is often such as to render them an easy prey to fire, and therefore dangerous to human life. That some people are aware of this fact is evidenced by the frequent demand of visitors for rooms not too high up or on the lowest story, for it must be remembered that people do not perish only by fire itself, but from suffocation consequent on smoke, from ill-judged action caused by panic, and from other indirect causes. Also, the expression fireproof, as applied to a building, does not include its furnishings and equipment, and is further no guarantee that it has been designed along the lines of greatest resistance to the fire peril. Finally, the fireproofing of materials is not always satisfactory, and a story is told of a contractor in that business, who was asked by a friend what was done with all the shavings and chips from fireproof wood. The nonchalant reply, we use them to light the stoves in the morning, they make excellent kindling, gave him food for reflection. There can be no doubt that hotel fires are extremely prevalent, as may be judged from the following figures. During the first day of 1913, five hotels in widely separated portions of the United States were destroyed, with a loss of two lives and $100,000. The total of such fires in the month of January was 25, representing a property loss of $700,000 and seven lives. In 1912, there was a hotel fire every 33 hours in North America, and up to date, 1913, that record has been passed, with an outbreak every 30 hours. It has been estimated that the property loss in the United States through these disasters during the last five years has amounted to $25 million, 5 million pounds, while the death roll has been proportionate. These figures, it is true, apply to America, but similar occurrences are common enough in Europe, and are by no means confined to the older-fashioned structures. To wit, the fire at the Carlton Hotel is still fresh in the memory of Londoners. Now it must not be supposed that this state of affairs is due to the apathy of hotel proprietors and managers as to the safety of their clients apart from considerations of humanity and sentiment, that would be bad business. Rather is ignorance the root of the evil, ignorance of the very first principles of fire control, which all responsible for the lives and safety of others should thoroughly understand. It is only too common to find an attic at the top of a hotel used as a lumber room and filled with all kinds of inflammable rubbish, such as old mattresses, empty boxes, excelsior and waste paper, a perfect magazine of combustible material, and a direct invitation to a visit from the flames. 
many hotels again have unprotected elevator shafts around which circle the main stairs should a fire originate on the ground floor instantly the shaft becomes a flue up which the flames sweep with amazing rapidity and the stairway as a means of exit becomes impassable defective electric wiring is likewise a constant source of danger short-circuiting constituting one of the most serious of risks as for heating apparatus with faulty connections improperly covered or wrongly situated hot air ducts were this cause of trouble eliminated it is no exaggeration to say that hotel fires would decrease by one-third it may be imagined that the introduction of precautions necessary to combat this peril spells the expenditure of large sums of money and radical structural alterations broadly speaking this is not the case the expenditure of a certain amount of common sense and care will produce far-reaching results as the history of hotel fires goes to show while in the case of new construction it should be realized that skimping in the matter of fire protection in the long run is the worst kind of penny-wise pound-foolish policy the municipal authorities of course insist upon compliance with certain regulations when the erection of a hotel is undertaken varying with the country and local conditions but as a rule the building code is directed chiefly towards ensuring safety of exit for guests rather than interfering in the larger issue of how the necessity of a hurried exit may be avoided at the same time the writer must place on record the fact that in new york the new hotels embody every known means of fire resistance and are as perfect in their construction as the present state of human knowledge will allow but what precautions should be taken in older buildings and are they beyond the scope of the average manager the answer may be framed in the form of another question or rather series of questions has everything been done to prevent a possible outbreak by the removal of potential sources of the same this is largely a matter of common sense coupled with some thought then can a fire be readily detected is there an automatic fire alarm or is there a night watchman who records his tours of inspection in a clock can guests be readily alarmed and is there direct telephonic communication with the fire department is there an efficient system of fire escapes and is the house properly provided with chemical extinguishers and such like apparatus are the employees competent to deal with an incipient blaze and have any regulations been issued as to the particular duty of each in the event of an emergency these suggestions do not represent a considerable capital outlay and yet are all of primal importance of course it is easy to continue the catechism further and to ask whether in design and construction the building is such that it is feasible to confine a fire within certain limits whether elevator shafts are covered in whether floor openings are unprotected whether there is a sufficient water supply and whether the house is guarded against exposure fires that is fires caused by adjacency to some other burning structure a common enough contingency and one easily met by the adoption of wire glass in windows this may appear a formidable battery of queries 
but a little consideration will suffice to show that their bark is worse than their bite, and that after all there is nothing so dreadfully radical in the proposition as to necessitate loss of sleep or visions of speedy bankruptcy. The great conflagrations of the world have not been due to elemental disruptions, as a rule, beyond the control of man, but rather to acts of deliberate carelessness or thoughtlessness, which might easily have been avoided. And so it is with fires in hotels. They constitute a real peril, which annually reaps a rich harvest of lives and property, a minimum of precaution, and the harvest would not be garnered. The following examples of hotel fires which might have been avoided are selected from a list prepared by Insurance Engineering, a monthly publication devoted to the science of fire control. Brockville, Ontario, Canada, Strathcona Hotel, Cause, Overheated Furnace in Basement, Discovered by Clerk at 4.45 in the morning, No Private Appliances, Fire Department Handicapped by Delayed Alarm and Lack of Sufficient Apparatus with which to fight the fire, Loss Considerable. Overheated furnaces are a source of such constant trouble that the heating plant should always be isolated and situated in a fireproof room, though a case is recorded from Chicago in which it was found that the heat from the firebox of a boiler was so intense that it ignited some sheets of music on the other side of a thick brick wall. Hence isolation cannot be too carefully insured. Chicago, York Hotel, Cause of Fire, Defective Electric Wiring, Discovered by Watchman, 3.16 a.m., in partition in first story, Fire Department immediately notified, Fire spread to roof in hollow finish, Private Fire Protection poor, Firemen who arrived promptly helped guests to escape by stairs, Loss nominal, owing to the prompt and effective work of the Fire Department. Defective electric wiring is too frequent a cause of fire, and can easily be avoided by regular inspection. It is then the safest method of illumination in the world. A word may here be inserted about hollow finish. This is a system whereby spaces are left between the outside covering of a wall, ceiling, or floor in the main constructional work. Such cavities, if subjected to fire, are a source of serious danger, since the air therein encourages the flames, whereas if built up flush this danger disappears. Rimouski, Province of Quebec, Saint-Germain Hotel, three-story, wood, cause, hot stovepipe on the floor of the second story, fire spread through hollow wall finish, loss total. Charleston, Ontario, Grandview Hotel. Cause, oil heater in pool room. Fire spread to other buildings and caused a conflagration. Loss, $200,000. These are two good examples of how fires occur through defective heating arrangements. It seems scarcely necessary to insist that in any building, stovepipes should be most carefully protected, while oil stoves as heaters should be abolished in toto. Akron, Ohio, Thuma Hotel, five stories, brick, 
ordinary construction, hollow finish. Cause, grease fire on range of kitchen in basement, ignited coating of grease in vent shaft, which passed upward through building, part of the way between the ceiling finish of the second story and the floor of the third. Fire department responded quickly to a box alarm, and fought fire for six hours. When the firemen arrived, the fire was general throughout the building. Owing to the effective work of the firemen, the loss was limited to twenty-five per cent of the values. Vent ducts from kitchen ranges are peculiarly liable to ignition, since in the course of time the pipes become coated with a thick deposit of inflammable grease. Should this catch fire, great heat is generated, and the duct becoming red-hot will ignite any wood adjacent to it. Hence every precaution should be adopted for the isolation of these vents, so that in the event of an outbreak they may burn out without causing more serious trouble. Of the inconsequent carelessness of hotel employees, a whole volume might easily be compiled. The following, however, are good examples. Salina, Kansas, National Hotel. Fire started in the basement, in laundry chute, into which a cigar butt had been thrown. The chute was of wood, and extended from basement to roof, with unprotected openings in each story. The fire was discovered by the hotel porter, but an alarm was not sent to the fire department. The notification to which it responded was the fire itself, which was seen by several firemen. The hotel had been inspected by the fire department, and the owner had been warned against the dangerous construction and arrangement of the chute. Missoula, Montana, Florence Hotel, three-story, brick, ordinary construction, hollow finish, unprotected floor openings. Fire started in elevator shaft in the rear of the building, and was caused by a can of hot ashes set on the platform of the elevator car. Fire was discovered at 11 a.m. by a clerk, who promptly transmitted the alarm to the fire department. The flames traveled up elevator shaft and mushroomed in the attic, between the ceiling of the top story and the roof. A partition in the attic, between the main building and a wing, assisted the firemen in checking further spread of fire. It took five hours to suppress the blaze. The carelessness of hotel servants is proverbial, and to make them realize the danger of the thoughtless throwing away of an oily rag, the improper disposal of rubbish, or of an unextinguished cigarette or cigar end, may not inaptly be compared with the labors of Sisyphus. When it is remembered that in some large hotels the staff employed number about two thousand souls, the extent of the mischief can be gauged. And if servants are careless, what of the guests? Contemplate the following. Tacoma, Washington, Grand Hotel, four-story, brick, ordinary construction. Fire started at 5.35 p.m. and was caused by a man smoking in bed. It was discovered quickly by other guests, and the fire department responding promptly controlled the outbreak so that the loss was limited to $17,000. Comment really seems to be needless, and the protection of the individual against himself has not added to the lightening of the burden of those responsible. 
but probably the most terrible exemplification of the mischief which can be wrought by a thoughtless visitor is embodied in the story of the windsor hotel fire this building occupied the entire block on the east side of fifth avenue in new york city between forty-sixth and forty-seventh streets it was of antique construction with wide halls high ceilings and several elevator shafts on the seventeenth of march at three p m a guest in a front parlor on the second floor lighted a cigar and threw the still blazing match out into the street as it passed the curtains the latter ignited and in an instant were in flames without attempting to extinguish the blaze or to give an alarm the author of this disaster fled from the room and a few moments afterwards the head waiter in passing by the door caught sight of the fire which by that time had greatly increased unaided he made a brave effort to subdue it but his hands were badly burned and it was easy to see that more help was needed the st patrick's day parade was passing at that time the streets were lined with spectators and guarded by policemen interested onlookers were leaning out of the windows of the hotel itself and the strains of many brass bands deadened all other sound as the head waiter calling fire ran into the street and endeavored to reach an alarm box which unfortunately was situated on the other side of fifth avenue he was prevented from crossing by a puzzled policeman who could not understand the excited man's incoherent explanations above the din of the music but the smoke and flames soon told their own story and a first second and finally a fourth alarm were sent in owing to the construction of the building the flames ascended both by way of the halls and in and out of windows to the top floor with great rapidity in spite of the desperate efforts on the part of the fire department who were handicapped by a poor water supply before four p m the hotel was in ruins a little later the only wall to remain standing slid down to its base like a closing fan by seven p m the fire was under control and the safety of adjoining property was assured of the many guests and servants who had been watching the procession fourteen were dead and about fifty injured some of them had attempted to use the safety ropes which had been placed in each bedroom but the friction on their hands became too great and they were forced to let go and meet their doom in the streets one handsomely dressed woman on the fourth floor held out her arms as though imploring aid from above then without a cry she jumped turning over and over as she fell until she struck the iron railing below at one window appeared a woman bearing in her arms a child terrified by the flames which were licking the sill from the floor beneath she threw the child into the street and an instant later followed many rescues were effected by the firemen who mounted on ladders and dragged to safety some of the occupants and if others had not been panic-stricken by the proximity of the danger and had possessed sufficient courage to await the arrival of help many of those who jumped to death might have been saved behind the hotel and connected with it from the interior was a russian bath establishment where a number of patrons were enjoying the pleasures of treatment 
they were obliged to make the best of their way out clad in sheets towels or whatever articles of clothing were nearest to hand two men in the hotel who were vainly hunting for a fire escape were met by a trained nurse who said that she could conduct them through her room to the object of their search when they had entered however she put her back against the door and told them that they must assist her in carrying her patient a helpless old lady in a wheeled chair to a place of safety in other words this plucky woman had invented this scheme in order to save the life of her charge and the men infected by her courage did as she requested and all four gained the street without mishap all this owing to an act of carelessness on the part of a visitor whose identity by the way has never been discovered to this day prevention is of course better than cure but next to that is promptness of action both direct and indirect that is to say an outbreak of fire should be detected as soon as possible which may be accomplished either automatically by sprinklers by a watchman who registers his inspection visits on a clock or by both it must never be forgotten that every minute lost means ten times the additional risk the following type of case is unfortunately too common sioux city iowa mondamin hotel four stories brick ordinary construction unprotected floor openings fire started eight twenty p m in boiler room in basement discovered by outsider who transmitted alarm since discovery of the fire was delayed fire department was unable to control it loss one hundred twenty thousand dollars a watchman at ten dollars a week would not have been an extravagant rate of insurance again contrast the following lansing michigan downey hotel six-story brick ordinary construction hollow finish unprotected floor openings cause of fire a heated bearing in or an electrical defect in elevator motor in penthouse over roof of elevator shaft discovered five fifty nine p m by hotel employee alarm received by fire department six twenty five fire burned until eight a m the next day loss over one hundred thousand dollars little rock arkansas gleason's hotel four-story brick ordinary construction hollow finish unprotected floor openings fire caused by electric motor at top of elevator shaft discovered by employee at 108 a.m box alarm transmitted immediately fire controlled in 30 minutes and confined to locality of origin loss two thousand three hundred dollars less than three percent of values a better exemplification of the advantages of prompt action could not be imagined the notifying of guests in hotels of an outbreak of fire is of supreme importance since as a rule such outbreaks occur at night when most of the inmates are asleep it is a good scheme to have an alarm gong fitted in the bedrooms which should be operated from the reception bureau or some other central position but even such methods should be supplemented by personal calls from members of the staff this will go a long way towards preventing panic 
of which there is a danger if the gong alone is used. As for fire escapes, this is a vast and intricate subject. Time and again have persons been injured on narrow fire escapes. While, as stated in the Windsor Hotel fire, a rope provides only a last and desperate means of exit. Some hotels are now erected with fire escape towers, which completely cut off the flames and ensure an open road to safety. But it is impossible to lay down any hard and fast rules for the construction and placing of contrivances, since, to a certain extent, the design of the building must be taken into consideration, and in all cases sufficient and careful thought should be given to these matters. It hardly seems credible that there should be hotels devoid of even a hand-chemical grenade, yet fire chiefs frequently report that such is the case. Every establishment of a certain size should not only be properly equipped with hand and chemical extinguishers, but should also be possessed of a private fire department. The formation of such an organization offers no particular difficulty, and in the opinion of the writer is as worthy of advertisement in hotel announcements as such hackneyed phrases as unsurpassed cuisine, moderate terms, and unrivaled view. The casual visitor would sleep just as soundly were he deprived of those three remarkable benefits, but he might be forgiven for passing a restless night were he haunted by the terrors of fire due to poor fire control. And now to come to an all-engrossing portion of the theme under discussion, namely why fires spread so rapidly in hotels. In nearly all such buildings there is a lack of subdivision of floor area, although in some cities an interior wall of incombustible material is required between every set of four rooms, this extending from foundations to roof. In one of the latest New York hotels, the partitions between rooms are of hollow tile, the doors of steel, and the transoms glazed with wire glass. Even the trim and picture mouldings are of metal. That this is the very height of perfection in fire control may be gathered from the fact that in this same hotel an outbreak recently occurred amongst some furniture stored on an upper floor, the furniture was completely destroyed, but the room was habitable twenty-four hours later, while the adjoining premises were unharmed. Unprotected floor openings, like the poor, are ever with us, and embody the most glaring structural defect imaginable. Their retention is virtually a crime, especially considering the facility with which this risk can be remedied. Cases without number might be cited, of the prominent part played by this avoidable fault in hotel conflagrations. But the two following may be quoted as typical. At a hotel in a Kansas city, the stairway encircled the elevator shaft, a form of suicidal internal architecture peculiarly popular in England and on the continent of Europe. The fire started early in the morning in the basement, cutting off the escape of the guests, many of whom jumped from windows, while others slid down ropes made of bed-clothing. The other hails from Oneonta, New York. Central Hotel, fire discovered at 3.30 a.m. under basement stairs by clerk. No private fire appliances, 
fire department handicapped by wires in street rope fire escapes only three lives lost in such terse language is summed up the result of unprotected floor openings fire and smoke naturally ascend and hence it is of paramount importance that not only should stairways and elevator shafts dumbwaiters pipe and wire chases be of fireproof construction but each opening should be entirely enclosed by fireproof materials elevators and stairways should always be separated the encircling stair and the lattice-work elevator shaft being an invention of the fire fiend himself the shaft of an elevator may well be compared to a factory chimney every one knows that the giant smokestacks which dot the hillsides of any manufacturing neighborhood have not been erected with a view to the picturesque rather their purpose is strictly utilitarian the higher the chimney the greater the draught the fiercer the fire and the more tremendous the heat it is exactly the same with an elevator shaft with a fire at the bottom which if closed at the top has the effect of drawing up the smoke and heat which form the primal obstacles to escape by inmates on the upper floors thereafter the fire spreads laterally and downward hence these shafts should be rendered as completely fire-tight as compartments in a ship are constructed water-tight finally elevator machinery should be placed at the top of a shaft as the lubricating oil and grease used on its running parts form ready material for the flames the same may be said to apply to stairways though in this connection it may be remarked that particular attention should be paid to the basement and attic entrances of the same as it sometimes occurs that these are left unguarded and these two points constitute as a rule the beginning and the end of hotel fires interior light courts are also a source of danger especially when roofed over all windows looking on to such courts should be glazed with wire glass and as a matter of fact light wells should never be roofed as regards hollow finish the following two examples explain the danger more succinctly than columns of technicalities putnam connecticut chickering hotel three stories and basement wood walls ordinary construction hollow finish mansard roof fire started in basement near boiler discovered at one thirty a m by a passer-by burned six hours loss nineteen thousand dollars about fifty five per cent of values chief of fire department said the fire worked up inside partitions to the roof there was not a square yard of flooring burned in any place excelsior springs missouri new elms hotel three-story and basement stone building fire started at one thirty a m in coal bin outside of building discovered promptly and quick alarm sent in no private fire protection and fire department handicapped by weak water pressure fire chief's reasons for spread of fire as follows there were no firewalls in the building there were wide spaces between ceilings and floors to act as deadeners and it was through these spaces that the fire spread through the building 
and made it difficult for firemen to get water at the right place at the right time. This system of introducing deadeners is a concession to the visitors, who naturally enough dislike noise, and who otherwise would be disturbed by their neighbors. It can be rendered safe, or at any rate partially so, by filling up these spaces either with asbestos or mineral wool. Ventilation systems should also be carefully supervised, as on occasion they may prove responsible for serious fire risk. The following instance is illustrative of the care which must be exercised over hotel design, where, be it remembered, panic is above all else to be avoided. In a New York hotel a huge volume of smoke suddenly filled a crowded dining-room, the cause was the burning of a heap of rubbish which had been placed too close to the air intake of the ventilating fan, which drafted the smoke and blew it on through the ventilating system. Nothing more serious than the annoyance and discomfort of the guests resulted, but the draperies and decorations were all damaged by the smoke. Had the intake been located higher up, or had it been arranged to close with movable louvers, the trouble would not have occurred. Fire exposure, or the danger to be apprehended from fires originating nearby and in turn communicating with a hotel, can to a great degree be guarded against by the fitting of window openings with hollow metal sashes glazed with wire glass. That this risk is not so remote as might be supposed may be seen from the following. Oakland, California St. Mark's Hotel, eight stories, reinforced concrete. Fire started in sign painter's shop in second story of adjoining building and burned out windows of hotel which were sashed with wood. Kansas City, Missouri, Ormond Hotel, five stories, brick. Fire originated in garage adjoining between ceiling of first and floor of second story cause defective electric wiring. Garage employees delayed sending in an alarm. Fire department handicapped by headway of fire, height of hotel, and weak water pressure. Insurance loss $140,000, values $310,000. It goes without saying that hotels as frequently burn other buildings, and that these remarks may be taken as being applicable to all houses of whatever type. Of course it may be urged that this use of wire-glass is deplorable from an aesthetic point of view, which with some people counts for more than common sense and the protection of life and limb. For such artistic souls it is impossible to cater, though it is fortunate that with the majority of the community fire-risks are more important than landscapes, however inspiring which introduces the conclusion of the subject. It has been demonstrated ad nauseum in the preceding pages that hotel fires are very real contingencies against which to prepare, and it has been shown that the fireproof hotel is not yet to be considered as practical politics. But it can be made fire-resistive, and that with a degree of certainty which will minimize the risk to an appreciable extent. The automatic sprinkler will do everything except start a fire, 
as explained elsewhere its construction is simplicity itself while not only does it automatically damp down an incipient blaze but in addition will operate a fire alarm ensuring that there is no delay on the part of either employees or fire department in tackling the enemy it is perfectly possible to install this system in the public rooms of a hotel and yet interfere not at all with the decorative scheme which would be treason in the eyes of some in one building so protected the sprinklers number no less than sixteen hundred the source of water supply being a twenty thousand gallon tank elevated twenty-five feet above the roof and two six-inch connections with the city main by this method it is possible for a room to be burnt out and the fire subdued without the damage to property and the excitement amongst guests which would be caused by the arrival of a brigade and the subsequent operating of hose-pipes through the hall and stairways and through windows the sprinkler system is in fact the silent guardian of life and property which slumbers not nor sleeps and which can be relied upon as a rule a rise in temperature one hundred sixty degrees fahrenheit on the floor is sufficient and the sprinkler starts to work sending down a drenching stream upon the affected area and warning all and sundry that there is an enemy at hand at a recent fire in a hotel guarded in this fashion one of the guests rang and complained of a water pipe located just above his bed which had burst suddenly and awakened him from his beauty sleep his indignation was unbounded and in the morning he demanded an apology from the manager which was smilingly forthcoming but that individual did not think it necessary to explain to the irate guest that the room above his an unoccupied one had caught fire and that the lives of some five hundred guests had been quietly and quickly saved by an inconspicuous sprinkler end of section thirteen Recording by Maria Casper.